Hey there, welcome to Walking Alongside Perspectives, a combination of short monopods as well as some conversations with cool folks covering various topics based on what is going on in the world, focusing on the broader theme of perspectives. As Friedrich Nietzsche said, there are no facts, only interpretations. So let's get into it with this episode. Thanks for being here. When I was little, different people in my extended family would say that if they were able to come back to Earth as something, they would want to come back as my Opa's last dog. He was a good dog, and I thought he was okay, but my Opa thought the world of him. He, Bear, was, to be fair, really smart. He was treated like more than a fur child. He was treated like the favorite child. Coddled, loved, and fawned over. My own dog growing up was, in my opinion, the best dog. A sentiment I think most kids remembering their childhood pets have. But she was one in a million. A German Shepherd, Border Collie Cross, the run to the litter, Bella was awesome. She was always nearby regardless of what my brother and I would get up to, our protector, our companion, and our friend. At some point, Chris and I thought that it was time that Daphne had the same experience, and so Luna was added to the fold. Because Daphne was only seven, I ended up taking on the puppy training, house training, walking, feeding routine, so inadvertently, Luna bonded to me, and so now I truly do have two children. Luna is probably even more spoiled than Beer ever was, having a full set of outdoor wear for whatever inclement weather condition we might have to go walking in. And considering she is just a wee 12-pound schnoodle descended from I'm pretty sure it's guinea pigs, not wolves, she still goes for three walks a day, totaling about an hour and a half every day, regardless of the weather. So she has a fleece full body suit thing, a rain slicker, a windbreaker, a red parka, and a little grey and pink minky sweater. Why the makers of dog attire put hoods on dog clothing is a mystery to me. But this sweater has a hood, and invariably when we are walking at some point, either because of how the leash is pulling or pushing up against it or how she's snorfling around, the hood floops over onto her head, covering her eyes, and she freezes because she can't see. So, despite my best intentions of wanting her to be cozy, I have inadvertently sometimes hobbled her ability to know where she is going. And that got me thinking about people and if whether sometimes what might be going on for us may simply be a matter of being blinded by some invisible hood and not being able to see clearly or, in some cases, at all. Luna is only a dog. I know she understands a number of words, mostly treat, cookie, walk, car ride, and supper, but I whisper sweet nothings to her all the time. I tell her she is my most beautiful moppet or the best woolly bear or some other such drippy nonsense. Sometimes, though, I say not such sweet nothings to her when she is barking or growling or being annoying. And then I tell myself it's like that scene from Three Men and a Baby where Tom Selleck's character is reading an article about football to the baby. And when one of his roommates or buddies or whatever questions that, he says that it's the tone that matters, not the words. Which is good because most of the time when I'm saying the not so sweet things, it actually still is in the same tone that the kind things are said. In the end, despite all that, I think that she knows that she is loved. And then that got me thinking that maybe we do a better job of letting our pets know how we feel about them than we do the humans in our lives. I was listening to an episode of Simon Sinek's A Bit of Optimism podcast, and he was talking with Francesca Hoagie about dating in a digital age and how to flirt and find that special someone. And she said at one point that love is an inside job. And that statement really hit me somehow because there are so many things that I assume you have probably also heard and read that talk about how you need to love yourself if you're going to be able to properly love someone else. You can't give what you don't have. But in terms of romantic partners, it's hard not to see the truth in that statement because if you shift it just a little, it can become another commonly heard phrase. You need to be comfortable in your own skin and like being with yourself if others are going to want to be with you, which I know is completely bastardized and poorly paraphrased, but hopefully you're picking up what I'm putting down. And while I absolutely agree with this as well, I think that we need to find a way to grow that self-love and acceptance in each other. And I think that we all could probably use a little help getting there. 
In late September, I had COVID and spent a ton of time on the couch, mindlessly watching TV, trying to stay awake-ish during the day so that I could sleep at night. Thank you, Tylenol cold night and day formulas. And so I watched stuff that I knew that Chris wasn't into or wouldn't care that he missed. So I watched a lot of No Reservations with the late Anthony Bourdain, and I could see, with the benefit of hindsight, that here was a man that despite fame, success, and seemingly everything else that a person could hope for, was missing something. I know that we'll never know what it is, and I know that depression has been tossed around, but I asked myself, did he love himself? Did he feel worthy of love, of all that success and fame? Because if yes, why was he such an abrasive man? So much of what he says with his trademark cynicism made me wonder what was really going on for him. Thank you, COVID, for leaving some lingering malady in my lungs because just over a month later, I was laid up again with what I swear was RSV, but who even knows at this point? And it was me and Netflix for hours on end again. However, this time during my time on the sofa, I found to my delight the most recent rendition of Queer Eye. Despite having had satellite TV or optic for years, we never had the channel that Queer Eye was on. So I was so stoked to be able to finally watch and see what all the fuss was about. And I fell in love. I don't know who the original Fab Five were, but this current lineup with Bobby, Jonathan, Tan, Karamo, and Anthony is amazing. And while watching back to back to back to back to back episodes, I had a revelation. We all need some variation of the Fab Five in our lives. People who help you to find your, let's call it inner beauty, which I really think is just self-love. If you love yourself, it shows, it shines through. And even if those outward changes that they do on the show, which are just a new haircut or some different clothes, there's always something else that you can see changing very dramatically. And that is very readily apparent. On the show, they each have an area of expertise, whether that is fashion, grooming, design, culture, or culinary skills, and they all work their magic on the person of the week. I don't know how much help they get in terms of scripting or whatever, but they are so spot on with respect to things that I can't help be inspired by virtue of what I do almost every day in my job. We try to find ways to help people be their best selves. And while we don't typically help with facing down bad hair or grooming generally, we do look at not caring about what, when, or why you eat, or a lack of organization or systems to keep you on track, or recognizing that there is something else going on that has led to low self-esteem or lack of motivation or confidence. In some of the episodes I watched, the people were honestly just kind of slovenly. But again, if you don't think you're worth it, then why would you bother? The things that the guys tackle with the people they work with is the stuff that every one of us at some time or another probably wrestled with. I'll just put on these same clothes, wear my hair the same way as the last 20 years, step over the pile of laundry that I just don't have the energy to deal with. We all get into ruts and we make choices that maybe are because deep down, we just don't think it matters or that we don't matter. Especially when we are faced with image after image after image of how our lives should be. This one episode really stands out because the fellow said to them, you just can't fix ugly. And I cried. Okay, another self-disclosure moment. I cried at pretty much every episode, but they all really felt the pain in that statement because all five of them doubled down to try to address it. During their time with him, they helped him let go of some old crap, literally, convinced him that hiding behind a skullet in an out of control beard are camouflaging fear and insecurity, which are things that many of us also struggle with, but that maybe no one has shown us how to address. They got down to the root of things that had gone unaddressed for years. And we say that at work all the time too. You need to get to the root cause of whatever is causing you to do certain things because everything you do without getting to that root is just going to be a band-aid, which is going to get stinky and gross if you don't clean and disinfect that wound. And that kind of work takes time, not just a week. But I think that even despite the magic of television, when you have the kind of intense interaction that this show shows us, it's possible that with all the other fairy godmother magic 
pun slightly intended, that happens on the show, it can be transformative, even in a short amount of time. Everybody needs to be told that they are valuable, that they have something to offer the world, that they have gifts, superpowers even. And even though love may be an inside job, I really believe that we sometimes need others to help us unlock that. I don't think that we can rely solely on ourselves to figure it out, to see what others see that we don't. We need the benefit of that objectivity. And the Fab Five don't hold back when it comes to calling people out on their crap either. Tough love or whatever you want to call it. Again, we need the benefit of that third party on the outside, looking at us and seeing what's good and what's not so good, and then telling us that in a way that we're going to hear it. And of course, therein lies the rub. We have to be willing to hear it, the good and the bad. We are none of us perfect and we can probably all do things better, differently or depending on what it is, not at all. But with the lovely shield of denial and the blinders of willful ignorance, we look the other way. In the end, not seeing the bad and therefore not doing anything about it, but sometimes also not seeing the good and failing to nurture that. I totally relate to that guy who said you can't fix ugly. Daphne, who despite being in the grips of the 13-year-old's hyper self-centered focus, tells me that I'm not, and I need to listen. We all need to listen. Can we be ugly? Damn straight. But we can change. We can open our eyes to the beauty that we all also have, if there are those around us that tell us that. We need to be told, and we need to listen. And don't get me wrong, I know that Queer Eye is just a show. We have no way of knowing whether all the work that they do lasts beyond the next few days or weeks, and that the people that are made over don't all revert back to the way they were. Like Cinderella, when the clock strikes midnight. But I also think that if we all try to tell those that we love, and maybe even those that we don't, the things that we like and appreciate about them, that those small gestures and kind words will create a change that can spark something in the people around us, and ultimately in ourselves. If we start to look for the good that is in almost everyone, at some point that is going to come back around to us. Someone will see the good and the beauty in us. We will hear the words and we will start to see that we are worthy of love, of success, of happiness. Another show that I absolutely loved was How to Look Good Naked with Gokwan. I wanted desperately to have a Gokwan in my life. He was funny and kind and wanted to show the people what their assets were, the things that made them unique, and when done upright, beautiful. It is when the people on the show believe what Gok is saying to be true that the transformation happens. There is something that changes internally, that shines through externally, and that is the gift that we can all offer other people. Love really is an inside job but it takes someone on the outside to either remind us or maybe tell us for the first time about that inner beauty that we have, which in some way can also change how we see ourselves on the outside, the way we carry ourselves, smile, gesture, speak, everything. And that can only happen when someone takes the time and makes the effort to see the good, to look for that something that is there, like a sculptor revealing what they see within the marble so that we can see it too. When that person expresses what they see and helps to take that hood off of our eyes, then we can see it too. Luna doesn't necessarily understand that she is my sweet little poo bear or that she is the most beautiful flappy, but when I notice that the hood has fallen over her eyes, I will remove it so that she can see and move forward. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could help each other move those hoods out of the way so that we could see more clearly, not just to see where we are going, but how amazing we are as we get there. Thanks for listening. If you have ideas for a topic or even better, a perspective to share, I would love to hear them and share them, ideally in a conversation with you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and throw a comment my way or share with friends. For better or for worse, we're all in this together. We have exactly one world to share, so let's make it the best one it can be. Until next time, take good care. Ciao for now.